This is John. You're listening to the DU Football Show. Uh, I wish a Liverpool fan were here at the moment, but they're still mourning the fact that they lost the league at Goodison Park. This makes me so happy to hear. Last night's uh, when we recorded the Everton show was them uh, was our our boy um, Simon making fun of uh, Ever- Everton. So. We've been doing all the little drops, and you boys will be doing your drops soon enough, too. The, uh, you know, I know you're actually going to get this reference, which is nice. In the immortal words of Roger Waters, Teacher, leave them kids alone. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, filling in for the beach-laden Samuel Graham, <laughs> is my buddy Russ. Russ, how you doing? I am well-rested and ready to get the year started. Excellent. Very good. We're recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on most podcast platforms. Please subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, be sure to share with a friend. Should you want to get in, chat, in touch with us, there's many, many ways that you can. Uh, Russ, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in uh, touch with us, please? You can reach out to us on all the socials at DU Football Show. You can also slide into the DMs, send us messages. They're glad to get back to you on anything that you can talk trash about. As well as you can email at dufootballshow at gmail.com. Fabulous. Or as I like to always say, you can drive your happy ass over here, as is the case tonight. Uh, we have a... Um, Actual good DU football player. Uh, Josh is with us tonight. Josh, how are you doing, sir? I feel like a champ. How are you doing? <laughs> I love it. So um, tell me, who do you uh, support? Uh, that would be the six-time European champions of Liverpool. And Russ, who do you support? Uh, that was, sounded just great coming from him. Six-time champs of Europe. And how many Premier League titles have you won? A few more than you. No, you've won the exact same number as us. Zero. Sam and myself both, well, actually, Russ and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. Um, so as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. Russ, what are we sipping on tonight? We've got a little gem tonight. This is Four Square Rum from Barbados. This is their ninth release of their exceptional cast selection called Empermy. It is a 14-year aged rum aged in bourbon barrels, and finished off in sherry cast. So it's got that really rich, dark chocolate, fudge kind of notes, dried fruit. But the best part about this, 14 years. 14 years. It um, runs at around 56%. And you'll find this on the shelf between 110 and 120. Very nice. Yeah, this is... Um this brand, we've we've drank a few different four squares so far this year. And when I was talking about it before with Caribbean rums, typically if somebody puts an age statement on it, that's the oldest the rum can be. You know, not like with whiskey where that age statement is the youngest. In this instance, it's legitimately it's all fourteen year old juice in that in that bottle, and it is fucking fantastic. Yeah, this comes from you know two different single blends. You know, one coming off a pot, one coming off a column. Mm-hmm. And the reason I chose this is 14 years ago, Liverpool won their fifth title. I was going to bring that up if you did. Yeah, 14 <laughs> years ago. And also 14 years ago, I believe, was last time Everton qualified for Champions League. 
So right, kind they, of a combination for both of that. For they would have, but you know, yeah, we won the. You knocked us out. Yeah, of that. that's right. Oh, sorry. Okay, oh, you know I have to live with him after you two leave. Like I have to deal with the aftermath of the show. No wonder Russ brought me uh, a juice box of sake and uh, some cider. See now. I'm okay with this. Um, I'm I'm prepared for this, and I'm a fucking professional, so this is going to be a very good show. Now, one would mention we did happen to win one European title back in the uh, mid, in mid, mid, it was 86, and uh, w- we would have been in what was considered the Europa League. The only problem was a bunch of stupid fucking Liverpool fans crushed 30 people to death in a, against Madrid and all English teams got kicked out of fucking Europe out of the Europe, Europa tournament for fucking 3 years. Thanks assholes. We would have probably won a champion a Europe, Europe uh, a Europa title as well, which would is the be equivalent of the Champions League now. Yeah, so, thanks. Appreciate it. But you got really. some rum nice to drown those sorrows with right yeah, now. That's okay. You know what? You've, you, you've got exactly the same number of uh, Premier League titles as I do, and you've got one less than both Leicester and fucking Blackburn. So Ooh, let's go ahead and burn. have a good show, kids. <laughs> All righty. Why can't I be on vacation? Why fucking isn't Graham here right now to deal with this bullshit? Uh, Six-time Champion League winners has a nice ring to it for the red side of the Mersey, but the Premier League title you long for has evaded you for yet another year. Do you find solace in being the best club in Europe, but not the best club in England? Absolutely. Okay. It is. It is right there. I mean, 97 points last season would have won all but two leagues. For the past, what, 30 years? Right. I mean, you had Man City go off on 14 straight wins to finish the year off. And yes, we did drop our last points at... Goodison Park. Right. I mean, we put too many shots on goal. We should have put some on the post on the top, and then maybe we'd have gotten one or two in. I, I know. Mo Salah, dead away, one and one. Apparently, he can't score on those. But, you know, Van Dyke puts a crazy one off the post, and then Origi scores with his shoulder. That's right. how you guys can score on us. If we could control the wind at the park, maybe ah, we would have been better right. off. Yeah, I'm going to be a draft inside the studio. Actually, it's a little windy yeah. <laughs> Could we turn that fan off? I mean... It is windy in here. <laughs> you know, Liverpool and their excuses. Yeah. Um, I see a cat run through. I'm kicking it. <laughs> but you, you do mention right there finding solace in being Europe's best, but not England's. Who were the four teams playing in all of the Europe championship games? All English. Oh, it was really. all English. Absolutely. So, I mean, the better question is, how's Man City feel about not playing in that? I think Man City's enjoying their Premier League title in the treble just fine. I'm sure it gets their goat that they uh, that they lost to Spurs and 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 failed at Champions League again. I'm sure it also affects Pep as well because you know since leaving Barca he hasn't been able to do it. So I know it gets their goat, but you know winning three is better than winning one. That's for damn sure. Yeah, kind of, but you have to admit that the three they got. I mean, the Premier League is one thing, but I mean. Beating us by a point is all well and good, but the one they really want is Champions League. No one really cares about the League Cup, and FA Cup is fine, but I think we kind of saw from when Liverpool played uh, Watford, I believe it was. No, mm. we, we lost to Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, Wolves. Wolves. Like, I think that one, I think you guys even kind of mentioned on the show, it was they did not really put their full shoulder in that because they were still in Champions League and they are still trying to hold on to Premier League. So they kind of, it was like if they if they beat Wolves, then fine. If not, then 
whatever we got bigger fish to fry at the that's moment. that's all the top all the top six clubs do that too even city was doing that like they just happened to get the good draws and they yeah. and they won their games you guys happen to get stuck with a another premier league side in the you know in the opening round that we that all the premier league teams started playing in the third round just unlucky yeah. you know I and mean, if that was city was playing united in the in the third round which that's happened before where you have derbies happen in the third round of the fa cup you know, maybe they don't put out their best team and maybe they lose to United and maybe it's somebody else in the final. Um, it's easy to admit with the FA Cup particularly. Yeah. It's very much a bigger deal to the other clubs of the Premier League more so than the top six. It's a big deal to Arsenal because Arsenal has the most. So they want to make sure they they have one more than Man U. So they want to make sure they keep having that title. Kind of like how Man U has uh, more top flight uh, championships than you guys. I believe it's two that they have more than you. Yeah. yeah so yeah, you're, I thought that correct. was two. Oh, um, <clears throat> so one, one of the things though last year is one loss by centimeters. Mm-hmm. That's all they dropped is one loss. Now they had a bunch of draws throughout the year, and we did talk earlier, Sam and I, mm-hmm. about the run of draws that they had after their loss the city they just kind of went into we can't lose mode yeah that that's exactly the, the point i was going to bring up it just it felt like it was like okay we lost the city we still got a 9 point lead or an 8 point lead at that time we'll be okay we'll be okay and then it was okay let's make sure we don't lose and by making sure that you didn't lose you went on this run of ties that all it did was just get city closer and closer and closer and closer and then when you had the game at goodison the game that frankly you should be able to go okay we might only get out of this with a tie it's a derby match like this is a tougher game you would already put yourself in the situation where that game was a must-win game unfortunately yeah that's yeah, okay i think that run of ties before like even though you're going to talk about how you guys we lost it at goodison I think the more egregious ones were the West Ham one away and the mm-hmm. Man U one away because the West Ham one was probably one of the first, one of the only real games during the year where Liverpool actually just played like crap and then didn't like get away with it in terms of like getting yeah. a lucky bounce one way or another or just having like Mane or Salah just come rescue it at the end. And then the Man U one was just especially disappointing because like Man U was got completely run off the park in the first half, and then they had like used like three subs within like twenty minutes. In the much. first half, mm-hmm. all three yeah. subs were used. Yeah, it's like they they had Mata got hurt, and then they had uh, I think they their Rashford got hurt early too. Then they, they brought, brought on, on Lingard, and Lingard got hurt and yeah, had to be subbed off. Yeah, for whatever reason, they had Lingard on when he was already hurt, and then so they used three subs in the first half essentially, and then they just never got it got their foothold in the game after that. And also unfortunate for you there, you hit them when they were on their run of winning. When they were when they weren't losing games too, yeah. which is the wrong time to play them, and yeah, I mean for, for I mean not to make excuses for your team, but at the same time you guys were a little thin too. Yeah, I mean they, they definitely they hadn't fully gotten I don't think got their depth in as much because that at that point Oxley Chamberlain hadn't come back yet, and then they hadn't gotten a Riggy into involved as much as what he got to later in the year. So it was just and that's kind of the thing with the Premier League It's just a lot of it's just timing, and when you happen to if you. Who, who do you play and when you play them? Yeah, and I think that's probably the more impressive thing about City is that they, even when they're playing lesser teams, they always seem to be able to get up for it just that little bit, mm-hmm. and they don't really have their their City's misses aren't nearly as bad or detrimental to them as like when Liverpool is hits a cold spell, they it seems to permeate through the whole team more so than mm-hmm. it does with City. Yeah, it's um, um, it's not a knock on uh, Klopp because, and I'll only say it on this show and only this one time, uh, Jurgen Klopp happens to be a very good coach. 
But as far as personnel, you are not fucking isolating that bullshit. I am hit the definitely isolating that and writing the time down right now. Russ, that'll be a button on the board. Thank you. Oh, paste. See, I'm trying to be a professional here, and I'm getting it held against me. This is fucked up. So, anywho, um, man without a country. But the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that Pep has over Klopp is its man management. Like all of his guys, if somebody's not playing well, he he inserts another player. That player who gets removed typically gets fired up, starts to work harder in the training grounds, comes out and does something great the next time they get on the pitch. It's just very. He has this way of being able to just poke the buttons on every one of those guys. And and then when they, they have to sit a match, it's like they're okay with it. They're like, oh yeah, this is when I should be resting. It just it it's amazing how well he manages player personnel. He he is one of the masters at that. I mean, just watching him and hearing all the stories about how he works with the players in their native language and makes them learn the language of the country they're in. You know, top to bottom, he's a professional head yeah. coach. Yeah, we were talking about that last night uh, when I was doing the uh, Everton show that'll be up on Thursday. Um, John and I were talking about how you come, if you're going to play for Pep, whatever country you're in, you learn that native tongue. If you if you played for him on, in Bayern, you learn German because you were to speak to the press in German because that's the language the fans speak. Period. End of discussion. Kind of. Just always amazed me. But we're not talking about Man City. We're talking about your delightful second place finish. So, um... <laughs> Depth. Um, looking at the squad, there really is a lot of depth, but there's also got to be concern when really no signing so far. A couple of younger players, and sure, you know, Origi's finally full-time healthy again. Oxley-Chamberlain's finally full-time healthy again. Uh, Gomez is finally full-time healthy again. So these are all guys that are, you know, that will add to the team, but you look at everybody around you and everybody's at least made some kind of a marquee signing. Wait, like, are you concerned that you guys haven't done anything yet or would you like to see something done? Nah, I would be too concerned because even like preparing for this, kind of looking through our roster and I was trying to think of what we would actually would need and the only thing that I could have thought that I would have really wanted would have been maybe an outside back just as cover because I think we got in trouble that last year when um, Alexander Arnold got hurt for a little bit mm -hmm. and then and we had just loaned out Klein. To, and to Bournemouth, and it's like, all right, so who we got to play? So we're trying to play James Milner and outside back the whole time. Right. But I would think that I'd rather I'd – like, I'd like to have a backup outside back, but the problem with that is that our, we basically had the two best outside left back – outside backs in the Premier League, you could argue, mm -hmm. and they're 25 and 20. So you would basically need someone – who's older and probably wouldn't mind sitting the bench most of the time. Right, a veteran who knows I'm only going to play every once in a while. Yeah, kind and, of like, and like it kind of sucks now because we had essentially Klein, who could, who's still young enough, but he just got an ACL injury. So yeah. now we're kind of stuck with maybe just going with Milner again. But luckily, because Joe Gomez is um, healthy again, and we picked up, we signed a 17-year-old. Mm -hmm. Are we allowed to talk about teenagers on the show? I know there's an explicit rating on this. Well, that's when it's that's only Arsenal. You have to worry about the teenagers, the little kids. When it's Arsene Wenger, we're talking about, but okay. he's no longer with the club, so we're safe. And okay. we went 23 minutes before Arsenal got dropped. Yep, yep. Well, you know, I thought it, we could go the whole damn show. And who dropped it? 
He just did. No. Sam Houston. I'm so disappointed. He mentioned he mentioned kids, so you have to make fun of Arsenal. I mean, and besides, you you know Graham's going to listen to the show, and you know... Do we? Do we? I have a bet going. Graham, Graham's speed dating way of wanting to do everything and talk about his club. So there we go. We got our obligatory uh, Sam Graham drop. Um, Gomez also plays on the outside, too, right? Can't he be used on the outside? Yeah, they were using him right back a little bit, uh, working him in. But yeah, the, the fact that he's like... He's like 22, and so their whole back line is pretty much like 28 and under. So I don't know who you necessarily would get. Like in an ideal world, you'd get someone like a Leighton Baines, maybe who's older, can, right. play, can play an outside back very competently, but is probably more okay with hey, I'll probably play like the cups and a few Premier League games here and there. Right, because so, in our case, we got Luca Digne in front of him, who's freaking fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, and Baines Baines knows his role, and he's more of a more of a, a team captain kind of locker room guy for the squad. Yeah, and then you'd probably need someone who's a good locker room guy because then you can't necessarily go get like Danny Alves on a free because I don't think his ego is going to let him just sit the bench for oh god no time. So I think your options are kind of limited there, and then through midfield they're. I mean, they're a bit older in midfield, but I'm not sure who you would have necessarily had to go splash cast for anyway. Mm. Like, well, central central midfield, I you know, with with having uh, Fabinho and Henderson and uh, Wijnaldum, like you're good there. You're 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 pretty decent there. Yeah, like the only thing I would have thought was maybe get someone eventually down the line that could then step in for Milner, but Milner's still winning all the fitness tests. He's like right. a machine, so I don't even know he's how long he's necessarily got. Well, the beauty of, of Milner, honestly, is uh, we talk about it all the time, is he's a Swiss Army player. Like, he's plug and play. If you put the goalkeeper jersey on him and gave him a pair of gloves, I guarantee you he'd make four or five saves in a match for you. Like, he's just, he's that kind of guy. It's, here, go do this, and he goes and does a job, and you never hear him bitch and moan about it. Well, and after last year, they dropped $164 million in transfers in. Mm-hmm. You know, with Allison, uh, Fabinho, Keita, and Sakuri. This year, Klopp said he's not going to splash the cash on all these people. Mm -hmm. He wants to keep the unity of the team and build up their youngsters. And if you look at his signings, they were both two youngsters. So he's also said he's going to pick up two more players before the deadline. So let's, you know. Has Has he hinted at what he wants? Has he said what he's looking for? I think, you know, Josh hit on it. He needs that, you know, he needs a back. You yeah, know, defensive back. But other than that, he could probably use another striker, I would imagine. I mean, he's got some youth, but not a veteran youth well, that's, or a veteran out there. Well, that's what I was going to lead into next here is um, your, your three guys at the top with, um, you know, the, uh, the grinning lesbian and, um, and Salah and Mane, um, the, the grinning lesbian being uh, Firmino. Um, the, the three of them... Less so for um, for Firmino, but the other two have put in a lot of fucking work for the last two years. Their teams were in World Cups. Then their teams were both in African Cup of Nations. They both went deep in African Cup of Nations. They, they, are you a little bit concerned about... I mean, they normally don't get hurt, but are you a little bit concerned about Salah and Mane just because there has been so much tread on the tires? I'm not as worried about them. I think um, Klopp will do a good job of managing minutes to start off the year. I think you're going to see a little bit more of them resting on some of the matches to start, you know, giving Origi, Brewster, maybe Harry Wilson some time coming mm-hmm. on the wings. You know, Shakiri, you know, if he gets a couple of deflections, he'll get a couple of goals. Well, I mean, getting, getting Ox back helps. Yeah, I mean, you know. Ox definitely helps in that midfield too, and he can come up and, you know, play further up the pitch. 
Yeah, for sure. It was like, like it's kind of looking like Sala only had the four games of the year because they got knocked out early. I mean, Mane mm. only played six of their seven games. So, and I think he only just got to Liverpool today. So they pretty much gave him like the last month off. So he wasn't even on their preseason tour. Yeah, so. but I, I will say with with Mane now. Um, Salah at Egypt, there's a little bit more around him, yeah. but at with um, with Senegal, it's he had no other players on that team. Oh fuck off! <laughs> he has he has uh, he has um, there are a couple of Palace players, and then there's uh, there's uh, Idrissa Gay, the new PSG signing, and but as far as offense goes, it's all on Mane. Like it is every like I watched him in the World Cup real care, carefully just because you know I, I I have an infinity for Idrissa Gay uh, as a player. So watching them play, it is all on his foot every fucking time down the field. So he really puts in a ton of fucking time. Yeah, but I think the I think what would help him in Liverpool is that especially with that front three, they're def I think those three are definitely greater than some of their parts in terms of when they play together. They just have enough chemistry to work in together. So he so if he's not necessarily on, he's got Firmino and Salah that can pick up the load. And then Origi really came to zone at the end of last year. He's essentially like a walking folk hero with them. So he's going to probably get a lot more minutes coming through. And then Shakiri was a super sub for them last year coming up top. Now I would I would debate um so with Shakiri I would agree. Um, you know, he was a bit of a joke when he was with uh with Stoke because it was like, oh, he's got all the talent in the world. He's Switzerland's best player, but he barely can do anything for Stoke. And you come to find out it was just the system that he played under was awful and he didn't have an opportunity to express himself. And he did very well at Liverpool last season, especially in the role that he was in. And I think he kind of relished that role too, just knowing, Hey, when I'm on the pitch, I got to make sure it counts. But, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, Origi. Yes. Thank you. Origi. Well, I just completely fucking blanked because I try to forget about him. Well, he plays because to of the that, whistle, right? Because of that shoulder fucking goal. But I mean, really, yes, club legend, but let's face it. He got a goal in a derby and three goals in the Champions League. And other than that, he's got a, like a broken hangnail and can't play for six months. Yeah. But so that's th got to, you know, ugh. is he really going to offer anything or do we just, but or do we romanticize what it is that he's you know that it, what it, what it is that he did in very crucial moments and seasons for you. No, oh, probably a bit, but I'm sure. I think he also brings a different dynamic to them because he's he's a excuse me, he's a little bit a little bit of a bigger body compared to Mane and Salah. Hmm. And then so if he comes in, he's still still young. He's only 24. Um, he comes in, and I think he brings a different dynamic to their front three than the other two do. So. Or are you jealous because of the hair, Sam? Could that be one of the things? No, 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 no. But what you do need to watch out for, remember, he's a Belgian international. Make sure he doesn't go hanging out with Rom too much, or they might go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and then uh, Rigi might blow up like Rom too. Yeah. You got a point there. Well, one <laughs> of the things, like, with Rigi's form that he finished the year off at, I think that's going to energize him to try to continue with that this year, and I think you're going to see Klopp build off of that success that he had and carry that over. Yeah. yeah, you'd hope he'd have some confidence coming in from last year, and then it could just carry him a little bit further forward. All right, so I'm um, going to jump a little bit out of order here, but this is worth kind of bringing up. Um, you have finally gotten rid of uh, uh, Simone to uh, Club Bruges, and, of course, you got rid of Carius last year. Um, so now you bring in Adrian, the backup keeper. Are we finally done with bad goalkeeping at Liverpool? Is yes. It, is it all over? It's over. No. Nobody's going to drop a ball in the net during a Champions League final? We're sure that's going to not happen anymore? I th I think Allison proved that more than, more than sufficiently <laughs> last year. I think as soon as he came in, outside of the 
like the fourth game of the year when he got a little Brazilian in him and tried to crush someone on the end line, like he was unstoppable. He could yeah. be beat. Oh, don't don't worry. He'll definitely get some more Brazilian in him. Uh, you know, I they he definitely he gave up the least amount of goals. But when people talk about the least amount of goals being given up. Um, for Liverpool, City only gave up one more than you guys. Who won the Golden Glove, though? The guy who gave up the least amount of goals, who okay. also didn't just, make, who also wondering. doesn't make half the amount of saves that other keepers in the league make. Well, <laughs> I think that that's not necessarily his. That's not necessarily his fault. But I think that also speaks to just how good our our back four got compared to the year before. So it, as long as they're somewhat healthy, that makes him even better. It makes him have less to do. And then when he has come up with a big save like he did against like Napoli and I think it was the last group stage game. Yep. But uh like he when he when he was when he needed to be called on, he, he comes up and makes a save. Oh he does. He does. So, and and he was absolutely the reason why you guys won the uh, Champions League. Yeah. Yeah, I just kid, but that well, was I mean, absolutely the case. I saw the stat he won the gold glove for the English Premier League, Champions League, and then the Copa America he won that. And so, he did it all making like 37 saves in yeah. those 100 competitions. It was amazing. And I, I remember when I first started hanging out with you, Sam, we talked about um, the lack of defense at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And that was, what, two and a half, two, about three years ago? Yeah. And just the strides that they've made now on defense is quite impressive. Like, you used to tell me that you could um, Klopp could write a paragraph on how to play defense. You know, now he's got his back four set. He's got a lot of depth at the defensive center. I mean, he's he's built a defense to go along with that offense. Finally. Well, let's face it; he has the best center back in the world. Both of yeah. them, both of them. Don't forget. Well, well, of course we forget about Dejan Lovren, yes. unless who's he's been self-proclaimed best center back in the world. Unless he's been sold by the time we air this, but yes. You know what? It's in all things being said. He's not a bad number four. <laughs> like, no, like no, he's that's not. your fourth guy. No. Is is a guy who played in the final of the fucking World Cup at center back. <laughs> yeah. And then literally you throw one of us in there with Van Dyke and we'll probably not give up that many goals. Yeah. Like, I think all of Matip's improvement is because he had Virgil next to him. Yeah. He made he makes everyone on that team better. Well, yeah. and that gives um Trent time to run up the pitch. That gives um you know, Robinson, the time to come up the pitch, you can the, both the wings can now come up and join in on the attack because you got two center backs back there that are going to hold down the fort. Well, that and Fabinho as a defensive as a holding midfielder, he wants to kind of sit in front of those three backs. So it's almost like when when the two wing backs go forward, he kind of falls back into almost like this little three man center back defense yeah. that that is kind of around midfield as the wing backs are able to get up the pitch more. Um, now. With all that being said, uh, I want to be a little more critical here. Um, is the Premier League the most important thing you guys need this year? Yeah, probably this year, just based off them winning the Champions League last year. So that's they obviously know they if they stick their shoulder into a single single elimination cup competition, they can obviously go. But and but obviously the Premier League is what everyone knows that they haven't won and is going to keep giving them stick for it until they win it. So yeah, they have it, to. Yeah, and I think really it'll be a it'll be an indication if Klopp is still progressing as a manager in terms of being able to keep the success from last year and then continue it on cuz even like uh that 13 season when when we finished second with mm-hmm. Rodgers and we was like we we're just bombing forward scoring a million goals the next season they like we're like twenty points worse and finished like six. Well, I mean, so it's, it's also Gerard slipping. Let's not bury the lead there. When you look, came in second place that season, I had a lot of time. With and the I mean, it's, said it didn't happen. So <laughs> it's been thirty-three years since they've won the title. 
Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was Everton. It's been 30 years since Liverpool has won the title. Again, you've won as many as we have. So, And yeah. you lost this most recent one at my park, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, so it'll definitely be important to show that this season wasn't just an aberration, that it is they've improved steadily across the entire team and that they can continue that, and not necessarily having only one loss again, but you can make sure you can beat all the teams lesser than you and then continue to show up against every other big team. Um, I, uh, From an outsider's perspective, uh, I don't think you or City are going to have the year you had last year. I think the top 10 is a lot fucking closer than it was. Now, I think one and two are very well defined, and I think if there's anyone who can challenge you guys, it would be Spurs, but you know, Arsenal City, I mean, Arsenal United and Chelsea are still Arsenal United and Chelsea. They're always going to be big clubs. But then the the other four with Everton's improved greatly, Leicester's improved greatly, Wolves have improved greatly, and West Ham's improved greatly. So I think that, that there's going to be losses for the big, the, the, the two top teams. I think there's going to be more losses in your guys' seasons this year than last year, just because I think competition's a little bit tougher. Yeah, you definitely can't expect to just get 97 points again. That's not a sustainable thing to ever no. bet on. So you have to expect that there's going to be some kind of regression there, and it's just about how much they can manage that. Right, well, how do you handle the ups and flows? Um, now, if if there isn't a title, if there is not a Premier League title, is Klopp under the wire then? I say no. No, I'd say no. I, okay. I think based on getting the two Champions League finals in a row and then having their best – Premier League season they've ever had, and which in literally any other year besides last year and the year before they would have won, mm-hmm. like going away, they would probably have won it like a month ahead of time. And it's not even necessarily that they, and I don't think you can ever look at their season last year and be like, they actually, I mean, we'll joke and say they choked, but like they, City they didn't did, choke. Yeah, but like, they City, didn't choke. But like, if, you, if you look at it before the season, it's like, all right, you literally can't drop a point from February on. And if, to stay ahead of City, like that's not a sustainable thing to ever try no, to bet on. No, of course not. Of course not. It was. It, it was. You guys did absolutely everything right. Yeah. It just happened to be that City did everything right as well, and they had an extra game in hand. And that game in hand, they're playing their 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 other rivals besides you because who who rolled over if I may yeah, add. Yeah, you know, and, and it's so they they just. They did it all perfect, and there was nothing you could do to change that other than maybe beat Everton at Goodison Park, which you didn't. I just wanted to say that again. Yeah, and we talked about the ebbs and flows of a season when you play someone. Like, we caught United when they were still in the tail and still playing well. They caught United when they were in their free fall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, when it was falling apart. Well, that and that and also that game, uh, De Gea decided he didn't want to make any saves anymore. Uh, yeah, that was really yeah, frustrating. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That was, probably, that was probably one of the more frustrating parts of just watching City the whole time, trying to root from the lose, is like they'd score in the first five minutes like every game. So it was like as soon as they scored, it's like, all right, well, this is done. They got to wait till next I, I week just had to open a new beverage because every time you say you won, uh, they lost the league at Goodison Park. I take a drink and my sake thing's gone. <laughs> You're going to be drunk by the end of the show. I know. I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly... I. It's it's just a friendly reminder. It's just a little bit of conversation between two friends. That's that's all. Just me. Just He's gonna die on that hill. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I am. Um, do you think there's going to be any focus, um, League Cup and uh, and uh, um, FA Cup, or do you think it's just gonna be put out the kids, let them play? If you win, you win. If you advance, then you worry later on. But for the most part, it's gonna be backups. 
League Cup, I think it would be probably try to play the kids at first. FA Cup will probably be based on the draw and then how they're doing in other competitions. Right. Um, I think the FA Cup, though, if they if they can progress, they will try to. But right. if, they, if they get like an easier draw the first half, I think they'll probably play the kids and then try to. They'll probably take probably try to take that as far as they can. But I don't know if they're going to. Like if they're still doing well in Champions League, they'd probably would rather have that over the FA Cup. And if they're still doing well in Premier League, they'd probably rather try to prioritize that over FA Cup. Well, in Champions League too, let's let's face it, it all comes down to were you a first place team or were you a second place team out of the group? Because if you're a second place team out of the group, you're getting a big dog yeah. in in the first round of the knockout stages, which is not what you want, right? And it all really comes down to what your draw is, you know. You could you could draw Madrid in the first round, you're fucked, right? You know, or you or you draw you draw Madrid and then Juventus and then Barcelona three rounds in a row in the semis. You finally run out of gas because, well, you've had to do nothing but play monsters. When say like maybe Spurs goes through and gets you know Porto and Ajax and like just gets an easier draw. So it really Champions League is such a coin flip. It really all just depends on how on how it all falls out for you. Yeah, and I think FA Cup will probably be based on. Cause I think now they have a winter break. I think for England built in this year in yeah, they February. Do. So depending on how that falls around that schedule, that might help them in terms of getting rest. They could probably play their play their bigger guys more in an FA Cup thing than they probably would have otherwise. Right. I definitely think their primary focus is the English Premier League this year. Oh, abs- absolutely. It, it it has to be. It has to be. That's I mean, it is the only it's the only thing that Liverpool fans obsess about now is not winning one. And you've gotten so close so many times, but this one was really fucking close. And you didn't you I mean you did nothing wrong. You basically had the best season ever, and you still came in second. So it's it's a gut punch. I mean, if 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 I was a fan of Liverpool, it would be for me. It would be it would be Premier League or bust. That, that's it. That's all I'd care about is how do we do in the Premier League? Yeah, and like last year, it showed that I think them and City were in a class above everybody else. And I think they want to show that they're still in that class by saying, that, "Hey, we can do this back to back seasons like City have done back to back seasons, essentially doing the same." It's essentially the same point told in back-to-back saying, hey, like we're way better than the rest of you. I think Liverpool wants to show, hey, we're right there with you. So they don't want to necessarily take any kind of step back in a Premier League season, whether, well, I think whether the, they win or not. I think the Community Shield game showed that. that they're, I mean, they came out on fire in that second half, and they really took it to City. Yeah, but City also, City dominated the first half. So kind of a battle of heavyweights, to be honest with you, when it was all said and done. But, but I think it definitely showed that both of these teams are ready to go again this year, and they both have their eye on that same prize. So it's going to be a good year watching those two duke it out. Well, Pep, Pep wants to win everything. That's just how he is as a manager. He wants to win it all. He wants to be the greatest in the world. And he's he's a lot more subtle than Mourinho is about it, where Mourinho would be very bombastic about everything and make it about himself. But Pep is very much the same kind of manager as Jose is. He wants to win it all. He just doesn't show like he wants to win it all. But I also wonder at that club, if they hit a rough patch for a few games or a few matches and they they kind of get a couple of draws, This last year they really came out of it with 14 straight. Can they do that again? Can they come out and you know, pull the, off that. The only concern I would have for them as a club is they've only got three center backs. They tend to like to play three in the back with two wing backs. Um, so depth at center back is a problem, but 
the big problem that they needed is they needed to get younger at defensive midfielder, and they did that. You know, and now you know Fernandinho, who was such a great player last year, is now a role player for you. I mean, it's it's they're, they're so fucking deep. Well, you they're got just the money so deep. to spend on anyone like that. You can you can keep replenishing the system. Well, you know, hey, rich Arab guys are great to have as owners. Yeah, and I think it would be interesting to see how they as opposed to stupid American people from Boston. It would be interesting to see how they approach the season because while we're talking about how. Liverpool would pr- would prioritize Premier League pretty much over everything else because they haven't won it. City, on the other hand, would probably be prioritizing Champions League because that's oh, absolutely because they're throwing 100 million at their team every year yeah. to try to win that, and they just haven't been able to get over that hump. So I think they really, as much as people want to talk about Liverpool not being able to win a Premier League or Klopp not winning the league, as you said earlier, Pep hasn't won that Champions League, especially with City, which you know that's the one that they really want. As much as they can talk about oh, absolutely. winning three trophies last year, they the one they really won it was the one that got away. Oh, yeah. that's that is the, it's it's very easy to make that argument for both clubs. You know, you guys really wanted the Premier League, they really wanted the Champions League. You guys won the other trophy respectively won each other trophies. Um now something that I, I would say um in regards to City is it really comes down to, again, and this is going to need to be some luck for you guys as well, comes down to the draws they get, right? Because like you saw with Spurs last year, they reached a point there towards the end of the season. Premier League didn't mean shit. It was about getting to the finals of the uh, Champions League. So what you kind of need is you need that chip to fall into place for City where, oh, okay, we got a pretty easy semifinal draw. We can probably make it to the final. We want to win the We want to win the Champions League. And then they maybe turn off the brain a little bit or they put in a younger lineup or they rest players in, the, in a Premier League game that you need to gain points in. You kind of need that luck to happen for you too. Well, you just pointed out earlier that coming second in your group and the how you have to climb that hill afterwards – both Liverpool and Tottenham came in second in their group, and they had to go through some heavyweights to get to that Champions League final. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, so um, let's go ahead and wrap this section up. Um, first, Josh, I'll go to you, and then Russ, I'll go to you. Um, how do you do this season? Where do you think you finish up? I think they can pull out and get a title. Because I, I, I think between I, – I think with some of the people that came back from injury and the experience they had from last year, I think they can try to replicate that and then hope that – uh, other teams haven't, aren't as strong as they might look on paper, and then maybe City's focus has shifted else, elsewhere beyond the Premier League. Got it. Russ, same question to I, you. I feel they win the league this year. I think that with the team that they've got back, the stars they have returning, it's one more year of experience and everyone working together. I, I see it coming together this year. And I think hallucinogenic drugs are fucking awesome. It's time to tell you what little we know. It's speculation time. Red shite, I mean, red side edition. Uh, Russ, what do you got for us going on on the red side of the Mersey? Okay, two big rumors. that I, And first off, I love how anyone can just make up a rumor out there and post it on the web, and everyone gets worked up that this is going to happen. But two that I saw that kind of was interesting to me is Coutinho. Everyone knows Barcelona is trying to get rid of Coutinho now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I saw him tied to was Arsenal, and... But I've also heard now that Liverpool may be coming in to try to do a loan this year with a buy later. So the loan this year would be, you know, a loan with an option to buy at eighty-eight million. Obviously, Barcelona is trying to sell him on the cheap, but that would be an interesting thing. I don't know how he'd fit back into the club though. Right now, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I'm not sure. It would probably depend on how Klopp 
still use him because I, I think he was on the way out. It didn't really end that well because he was like sitting out of Champions League games, and I think he, and he paid some of his own money to buy out his contract to go to Barcelona. And then I'm, and then even beyond that, I don't know if there's really a place for him anymore, just because after last year. Well, let's let's face it too, with South American players as a whole, and we're talking about the whole continent down there. All of them, they'll come to the English Premier League and they'll start playing in the Premier League, but their heads are turned really fucking easily when you say the word Barcelona or Real Madrid. Like, in a second, their head turns. And a lot of times, those guys go and they fucking fail. They don't do well at all. So in the case of Coutinho, it might come back with his, uh, you know, his heart in his hand, just going, "Sorry, this was a great place for me, and this is where I want to be." But he's also been getting linked with everybody. Right, PSG, you know, down the line. Barca's been trying to like throw him in a bag of balls to back the PSG to get Neymar back. So I I can't imagine that's really good for a psyche necessarily. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's kind of like Gareth Bale, except for Coutinho cares. It's, yeah. it's funny because bring... Bale's just like, oh, fuck it, I'll go play golf. Well, it's funny you bring up Bale because I'd heard rumors too online that Klopp was interested in bringing him in to help, obviously, rest his strikers up front by putting him in the mix. But, and there's Royal Liverpool right there. Yeah, exactly. And you know the nice thing about Royal Liverpool, he could play at the course Tiger won in 2006, Roy McIlroy run in 2014. So he could get some golf time in while he's not playing. I figured he, seems, he would want to. That Klopp would want to bring him on just to help Klopp's own handicap. I figured. You know, I mean, you, you think anyone with a man bun on the pitch running around, you got to like that. But. That's another one that I would love to see out there. That is exactly something a douchey Liverpool fan <laughs> would say. I love man buns. Uh, a few other things that I've seen is Philip Max from Augsburg. You know, he's a left back out there. Barca's interested in him. Um, Liverpool's also been linked to him. That could be something, and that's a position of need, you know, getting a uh, left back or just, you know, at least another back back there. I would I would think a universal wing back would probably suit you guys better because you know Josh as you mentioned your two guys unless they're hurt they're fucking playing so you'd rather have someone that could just be plug and play on both the left and right hand side well yeah, and they, yeah. they would pro- they're looking at him to fill in for Robertson you know just kind of you know on a few games here and there to help out with but I'm not sure that's going to come out the other one that I saw is Donny Van Bake a midfielder from Ajax you know, he's from what I saw, the price tag on him is forty nine million. I don't know if you know that goes against what Klopp has said about throwing out cash this transfer window. So, you know, that's that would be another one, a midfielder. I don't know if that's necessarily a need, but you can always use depth. Josh, what would you think on that one? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I think the only other things I kind of saw were. Look like they were trying to. Was a lot, of, a lot of the stuff I saw the last couple of days was about like different backup goalkeepers with uh, Minulay going out. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to try to shop at the Southampton Superstore more time for Alex McCarthy as a backup. Yep. Maybe I heard McCarthy. I heard Heaton at one point. I heard, that, heard yeah. that as well. Which you had to figure Heaton was not. Heaton wants to play. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think Heaton has too much pedigree to come back and be a backup. And then on top of that, Adrian was free. So well, yeah, and Adrian, yeah. you get someone with Premier League experience that. You can slide in on a couple of matches here and there. You can slide in on the cups. You know, he's he's prone to a big gaff. But if I remember, he's also Brazilian. So no, I think he's Spanish. Okay, Spanish. It, he'll get. You know, it's he's not going to challenge Allison in any way, shape, or form. He's a perfect backup. If Allison gets hurt, you can slide him in, and he knows how to play in this league. 
Um, I, now, if you two were better Liverpool fans, you would have been able to make a joke about how in 2015, Everton lost in the FA Cup to West Ham on Adrian scoring his penalty and Robles for us missing his penalty. But, you know, you all, you know, you, you should we, work on that. We've got enough digs on you already in the show. We don't, you know, we don't need to keep adding more. Let's let producer Mel take her selfie here real quick. Okay, let's continue. And then, and then plus, um, you're just a masochist Everton fan anyway, so you'd have brought up your own failings. On your own. <laughs> you know what? So, Touche. Very true. So thank you, Sam I'm an Everton. Over there. I'm an Everton fan. We're not allowed to have nice things. Yeah. So I think another rumor I saw was, uh, was especially during preseason when they played sporting, was uh, Bruno Fernandes potentially coming in at a center mid. That's getting tossed around a lot. Between him, uh, between there, between United, and then... Um, one of the rumor mills I heard today, of course, again, rem- remember the beauty of the Brit- British press is they can just make up whatever fucking quote they want. It's None no of di- it. You never know if any of it's real or not. No different than our press. He has claimed. He has claimed. I hear you, fake news. Um, he has claimed that uh, it, it's been claimed that he wants to play for Spurs more than United is one of the things that he's come out and recently said. Well, one of. But the- again, did he really fucking say it? <laughs> like. One of the other things I saw is Danny Rose being linked to Liverpool, coming over from the Spurs. He'd be a really good, because that's exactly the kind of guy you need that can play both sides on the wings. You know he can run. He's typically eh on health, but you don't need him to be perfect. He would just be your backup for both sides. Yeah, like that'd be awesome, but I feel like we were, we were kind of talking about it during the break. That might... I feel like that would almost be a lateral to step back for Danny Rose because he comes in, he's still not playing over Robertson to start. So then he's going to be sitting on right. the bench for most of the time. So I don't know how he would necessarily want to take that, especially when he's probably trying to hold on to that England left-back job. Right. Well, and he's also playing at Spurs. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like Spurs is really that bad of a club to be at. I, you know, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent, but um, I – I keep seeing, and I hate to use the word dark horse because they're going to be a top three team, but Spurs are a bit of a dark horse. You guys in City might be too busy pissing over each other, and they might slide right the fuck in and win the title. I think they've got they've got the players to do it. They've if got the healthy. depth to do it. When, yeah. when was the last time they stayed healthy but, for a year? But they've they've added the right depth. They've added the right people. I it's. It, they really they haven't lost anybody, which I'm amazed that they haven't lost anybody yet. Because yeah, those yeah. guys don't get paid well. They're yeah. all on they're all on youth contracts. Like they're not very well paid. And at some point, those guys are going to go like, I want to go make fuck you money. But they haven't done it yet, and it just feels like they're that close to just possibly mixing everything up. I see them finishing in the top four, but I don't see them going past three. Mm-hmm. Spurs is in a weird spot. They're like sitting right on a knife's edge of terms of being like, because they don't have a lot of depth as we've seen the last couple of years. So they go pretty much as far as Harry Kane's ankles go. And it's like, if he doesn't like, oh yeah, if he doesn't like twist one of those. And then you got um, uh, center mid that was, that was trying to go to Real Madrid. I can't. Uh, Erickson. Yeah. Erickson. So you got him. Uh, you know he's trying to leave the entire summer, so who knows when, where it comes come January if he's still trying to leave, if they're maybe down in fifth, not doing that well, if he's still trying to leave. So they can either take a couple steps up if they all stay together with that core or a couple of them leave, and then it all just kind of goes to shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, what other rumors you got for me, boys? Uh, the only other – I mean, there's a lot of little speculation in that, but there's a Russian striker out there named Fedro Shavlo. Mm-hmm. I may be saying that wrong. I hope the mafia doesn't come after me. Out of Moscow, I mean, 
another striker up top wouldn't hurt, but they do have some youth that they're bringing up. So I, I think, um, you know, the, the rumor is Klopp is going to sign one or two players before the deadline, but he has also said all offseason that he wants to bring the youth along and bring them up. So it'll be curious to see kind of what they have going on. Yeah. And I think I'm looking at like a one rumor from Liverpool that maybe, I guess, uh, Milan and Rome are both interested in Dejan Lovren. So see if that maybe goes anywhere, but I don't know if how accurate that would be necessarily. I see them waiting till midseason to sell him. Yeah, I would I would hold on to him just because I mean I I mean granted it was a, a wonderful blue by the name of uh Funes Mare who um broke um Gomez's knee and uh you know, but who knows if he's going to be able to fully recover and maybe he gets hurt again. I'm just saying, you know, it was yeah. a blue that took him out. Plus, I think Klopp it was a good positive red card in that match. Yeah. Plus, I think Klopp loves Lovren, so I don't think he's going to want to give him up that easy. And he's a clubhouse leader from what everything I've read yeah, says. Apparently, he speaks like eight languages. I heard. So he's like, he's, he talks to like everyone on their team. He's like probably their team translator as it, as it is. And besides, anybody who just you like proclaims themselves to be the best center back in the world, you'd be like, you know what? I like your confidence, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> just stay healthy. Just stay healthy. You can't tell him you can't do something. He'll probably go in any tackle. It's time to tell you what little we know. It is prediction time. Well, what little you know, because I won last season. Okay, I hear you. Now, here is the key thing. Uh, boys and girls, you are listening to the Me and Russ show, so a little bit behind the curtain. We are going back in time. Hey, hey I'm here. <laughs> Sam's here. Yes, we recorded this the week prior, so uh, yeah. but we're going uh, to we're gonna change up prediction time. We realized just our two jack-off selves talking about um, each game was a little mundane and boring. So what we're going to do is uh-huh. we are going to put <laughs> skin in the game. We are betting cold hard cash every single week yep on a game that we are who whoever's got more money at the end they're the winner you know i would prefer if the listeners uh when they emailed us now refer to me as david copperfield because the magic of radio has allowed me to be on the show that i'm not at i just jesus you're such a fucking mess. <laughs> I thought it was fun. You're proud of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but I we also knew a magician. So this week, uh, Sam Nerds. and I, Sam and I are each going to pick our game. <laughs> so Sam and I are each going to pick our game. But what we would like to do is we'd like to incorporate also in you, the listeners, as well. Yes, so, uh, please Sam, get in talk touch. about it. Um, we want you guys to submit uh, your picks. Um, we are using the us. dot eight 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 sport. dot com. Uh, to get our money lines. Uh, so we want you to check up. We want you to uh, submit your picks uh, that you think and stuff's going to happen. And by you, you mean Pat? Yeah. <laughs> our uh, degenerate gambler friend, Pat. He's going to have an email every week. I know it. I can yeah, see guaranteed. It uh, yeah. But we would like everybody else to get in touch also. We'll choose a fun one, um, and you'll be read out on the show, uh, and then we'll make fun of you when you lose. Uh, basically, should you happen to hit it, um, you will continue on, and you'll become our bet of the week until you lose. Yeah. You, um, so you could theoretically go two months as our better of the week. Yep. Now that means you that have being to do. Said, you have to right. do a little admin there, Mister Listener. Correct. And if you don't get back to us by Sunday at noon for the following week, you're out. I'm yeah. sorry. That's probably not a good idea. It's going to have to be Monday because it's Monday Night Football. Yeah. If we don't hear from you by Monday at five. 
you could fuck off. Yeah. You're and out. Uh, we're finding somebody else. So you're yep. going to have to get back in touch with a new uh, best bet for the next week. Yep. Very good. And uh, so, Sam, would you like to go first or you want me to go first? I'd like you to go first. I'm okay. still deciding what I'm going to throw me hundo down on. All right. So also, boys and girls, uh, do obviously gamble responsibly. Make sure you're gambling in a state where it is legal for you to do so. Correct. Um, you know, we don't want anybody getting in any trouble here. Do we don't th- want to get in any trouble. Precisely. Disclaimer, do disclaimer, it. disclaimer, 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 <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> okay. For, for once, I'm not actually going to tell her to hit the I fucking ha- mute I button. I haven't even checked the laws, and I, I don't want to get in trouble so don't even tell anyone we're doing this go go figure <laughs> that go figure that was excellent producing maybe the only time i say that to you all right so Damn. for my game i'm Burn. gonna pick i'm gonna pick uh one of the 10 o'clock games on uh on saturday august the 10th okay um southampton travels to burnley and while i think Think I I think Burnley should win this game, but I also think Southampton's going to be fired up for the new season. And something that Burnley loves to do is like draw matches one one. So yeah. I'm and the odds are great. Hundred dollar bet wins me two hundred and thirty. I am going to go ahead and take Burnley and Southampton for the draw plus two thirty. Wow, that All is right. going to be my bet. That is interesting. I have chosen a Sunday, August 11th game, the 11:30 match. Okay. Against Manchester United and Chelsea. Ooh. That's their old Russian name, by the way, for those that don't know that. Chelsea. Yeah. Right, because Russian. Roman Abramovich. Yes. Um. Anyway, Manchester United, as we've talked about all summer long, are a fucking shit show. Yes. Chelsea. Seems to have, despite losing Eden Hazard, still seems to have some sort of a fucking plan. Still a um, fucking shit show. And too. at plus 245 for a Chelsea away win, I can't turn it down. I'm throwing 100 on Chelsea to win at Manchester United on the opening day of the season. Fabulous. So there you have it, boys and girls. That is going to be our prediction time every single week. Yep. Uh, but here, insert, but listener, right. bet. Exactly. But Which we don't have one yet because you didn't know we were doing it. But wait, Sammy. What? If we gave you just that... It would be pretty amazing. We wouldn't be the DU football show. But we give you more. As always. I give you, sir, Kitty the Chicken and her pick. (laughs) What in the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. Producer Mel produced something. This is the chicken bed. Club Quantro, baby. What? Listen, as a board member of Studio Age, I'm going to need to be talked about to the producer, buttons. Producer, Trump's host. Producer, Trump's host. So I don't get a say in the buttons? You didn't, nope, you nope, didn't know nope, Kitty knows nope. how to spin sick beats. She's not the only one that gets the rave on. Uh, I guess I'll be taking my headphones off for this. Oh, uh, no. All right. All right, so what did Kitty have to say? <laughs> so I went up to the hill. I had a little chat with my uh, chicken, Miss Kitty. And uh, the game of the week she decided to pick was uh, my Aston Villa versus the Tottenham Hotspurs. Now, Kitty knows that I have now declared my allegiance to Aston Villa. And so I kind of assumed she would just pick my team to win. Right. But no, that bitch has picked Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh-oh. Terrible. I said, Kitty, what's going on with that? And she goes, it's simple. Lifted up her wing. She has a little uh, Rupert Grint, Ron Weasley, Harry Potter tattoo. And apparently she's ride or die with J.K. Rowling. And Rowling is apparently a Spurs fan. So there you go. 
Well, it should have been Hal Slytherin to my Arsenal's Hal Gryffindor. So I would have thought she had a Draco Malfoy tattoo. I told her if she keeps picking against us like this, we're going to make her into a fried chicken. Do not talk about my chicken that way. That's my girl. (laughs) I think Mel tried to claim her earlier. Yeah. Do do not talk about that. I'm telling you, she's uh, picking Tottenham Hotspur over Aston Villa. That's terrible. At minus 360. That's not a smart bet. She'll get I what? I didn't say she was a smart chicken. We're, Thirty cents, thirty-six no, no, no. cents we're, on a hundred-dollar bet. We're not. We're <laughs> not. We're not going to be. Uh, she, she doesn't have a huge budget, aka my budget. Got it. So um, <laughs> she's not going to be betting on the money line. You she's mean, just going to pick a game every week. She's not out there peddling mealworm, and, uh, mealworms to the other uh, other chicks. Uh, she could be. She is the queen <laughs> there. Um, but also, I mean, let, let's face it too. She's going to, you know, probably, you know, the, the whole point is is just to show that. Kitty can pick games probably better than we can. You know, all right. just showing what idiots we all are and have yep. the chicken do better than we Beat do. Us. Yeah, it happens every World Cup. Yeah, remember Oscar the octopus or whoever that was in Germany? Had some bear doing something somewhere else. They do it all the time at the national zoos of whatever country the tournament's in. If Kitty doesn't pick well, we eat her. No, Whoa. that's my chicken. Stop Damn. that. That's tough. That's that's my girl. You don't Tough. talk about my girl that way. We feed her to Ollie's puppies. Up no, there. stop it. That's my girl, y'all. Them Damn. fighting words. Y'all need to settle down. I'm not even here technically, but I, I could see the vein from the beach. I was just I was about to say I was about to say, Sammy. Now we're gonna go back from the magic of radio and take you out of the show again. Right. Go back to Russ. Yeah. All right, guys. Your uh, dream segment is over. I'll see you all later. So we got another tie again, but this was—I think we were actually playing the team that was in first place. And, yes, and that last two weeks we got goals coming out the wazoo. It was nine-nine. Yeah, nine—nine nine fucking goals. When's the last time DU scored nine fucking goals? I don't know. It's been a while. We had six last week, then nine this week. But uh, I noticed something very important. I noticed you didn't say we're getting too old for this shit. No, nah, some we had, well because we had some younger guys coming today. We had the return of Eric. It was a nice big addition to the. To the legs of the team for the for the game, um, but yeah, it was what was funny. It was like I was kind of thinking about that, and the team that we played, what they lacked in height, made up for in quickness because I don't. They had made like one guy on their team that was over five three, and then they were so fucking fast. But then Jesus, when, they were fast. But then for the guys like Sam Graham, who are too old for this shit, and they get circles run around them by little <laughs> by little tiny by, by little tiny guys, they they can. And especially this one little guy's built like a fire engine to just like hit a ball. So, um, oh, he was very proud of every goal he scored. Now, uh, granted, yeah. they were like rockets in the upper nineties, but like this little tiny guy, he definitely had little man syndrome. So, I know this is an audio uh, platform, but I'm still going to do this for Russ. Every time he scored, he went <laughs> yeah. like threw his arms down, brought his chest out, looked straight out in the air, like I'm a fucking big boy. <laughs> Did that Ronaldo flex? How many cards did Graham get? Uh, no cards for the team at all. Yeah, yeah. Was, was he fa- needs fairly, to step that up. Fairly clean game. They, they, then we're, we're trying to hold on to the lead and then kind of gave it up right the last minute. And then, unfortunately, I guess, for all the trust for a little sidebar here, because Sam doesn't actually listen to the podcast after the fact, but he did have a pretty hit, – hit the piss out of the ball on the tying goal. Did have a pretty nice banger. But other than that, we just still gave nine goals out of the back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would I would say uh, there was definitely a time in the second half for like five minutes where like Jake was saving their ass because oh yeah, 
So he, he was probably man of the match for me. Is, is even though it would be weird that the goalie gives up nine goals and like man of the match, but he, it was like five minutes. They were just wailing on him. He was coming up the save every time. Well, let's face it too. They were taking a lot of outside shots, which they were actually doing something out of our playbook. When a defense is, falls back on their heels, take shots because you don't. The goalkeeper doesn't see the ball till it passes the last uh, player and indoor. It's very hard to see because it's very cramped. Yeah. And they probably scored of their nine goals, probably five or six of them were from well outside the box and were goals. Like there was a couple where Jake just got caught and he just saw it go in the back of the net because it's like you don't see it till it goes like literally like two feet in front of you. You're like, oh shit, that's in the net. Oh yeah, it was like their first goal. Like there was like a lineup from midfield. And I was like, all right, fuck it, go ahead and have it. And then. <laughs> fucking hits it up 90 i was like oh okay <laughs> i was kind of looked there's like all right well, if you're gonna hit from uh, upper 90 we, from that's from, when we were introduced to the little fire engine because yeah. he went all flexy and i was like all right well <laughs> step on that guy Clear, clearly he likes to hit it um but yeah i tell you what we're uh we're uh still haven't gotten a win yet in division one but two losses and two draws and honestly three more games left if we rattle off three wins we can find ourselves in the playoffs of division one which it's uh it's not out of the realm of possibility. We're playing the other quote bottom team in yeah. the in the league this week, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, re- really, for us, I mean, you you can, uh, Josh, you're actually someone who can run forever, even though I know you'd prefer not to. But if I mean, we play with two subs and we're dead by the end of the game. If we had three or four subs, you know, we'd probably be banging. But it, every week, somebody's out for something because we're all fucking grown men and have grown ass man shit to do. Yeah, dumb people with kids and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that about wraps it up, boys and girls. Uh, gentlemen, you know what? This has been a lot of fucking fun, despite the fact that you're both stupid fucking Reds. Um, hey, we're not Arsenal supporters. I just got to say, I think Graham handled himself a lot better with the Tottenham people in than you're <laughs> doing with the Liverpool people in. People can listen. Fucking mute button. <laughs> People can listen and draw their own conclusions, but they'll know I'm right. Well, it's also fun to have a couple of people who I know listen to the show every week as well. So, First. Josh, do you have any uh, parting words for us? No, it's a pleasure being on. Go Reds. Excellent. And, Russ, thank you again for uh, helping out and co-hosting. Really do appreciate it, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that you guys let me come in and do this. Actually, how about that? Not a long, drawn-out parting words. Actually, just say what you're supposed to fucking say. Pretty fucking beautiful. Unlike Graham, who goes on for 30 fucking minutes. So uh, thank you very much for joining us, boys and girls. We will be doing an episode on Thursday, a little bonus episode, where we talk about the best club in Liverpool, Everton. And uh, you should be... uh Familiar with them as, uh, you know, you lost the fucking league to them at their ballpark last year. Just one more time. Drink lost the league at Goodison Drink Park. Mel. Drink Mel. So with that being said, till next week, everybody. Ah, cheers. Fuck off. No dark sarcasm in the classroom Teacher leave them
I'm sure she's paying attention. Taking fucking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a juice box. I'm sorry, were you talking to me? Let me read you this. <laughs> Your juice box boy. Give me a juice the box. The second I started unwrapping the straw, so um, I stopped listening. Tell to everybody everything. what I call you when you do shit like this. He calls me a whore. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> he also calls me the devil woman of all things god awful. That's my pet name for. It's the little things in a relationship. You know, it is strong marriage. Strong marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yes.